You are our El Shaddai. We thank you, Lord, that even in the areas of our lives that seem weak, appear weak, we shall declare and say that we are strong. Where we lack, whether it's in peace, in love, in joy, we will say we are rich. We thank you. We ask that you speak to us tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Please take your seat. Somebody say hallelujah. Amen. Amen and amen. Yeah. You know, last week I gave you some pointers that you should go and finish up, isn't it? And then my pastor said that, no, you don't do it like that. (laughs) You work through them. Somebody say mercy. So can I have the list that you have? And then we shall continue our manner of life. Ask somebody that, how would you define your manner of life? You tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. What is your manner of life? What is your manner of life? You should ask the person, tell me. you, 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 You in particular, what is your manner of life? When I look at it, I can see one or two things that one or two things that could do with a little bit of improvement right about now. Hmm. Yeah. So, um, who has a microphone? Just give us, or you can just shout it out. That one too can work. So, we're looking at our manner of life, isn't it? And I keep telling you that when you think about your manner of life, it is present continuous, isn't it? Yeah. And what does it include? Seven. Seven, the Lord. Please get my phone. Help me out. Yeah. Hey, you want me to use two microphones? I'll try. (laughs) But is there something wrong with my microphone? Is he trying to tell me something? They said there are some gifts that when you get, it's actually also a message. Yeah. So, from last two weeks, yeah, we, we talked about serving the Lord. We Can you hear him? Why are you afraid? Keep give him, give him. Uh, which mic is he using? Do you have names? Is Joanna? <laughs> so we talked about serving the Lord, spirit of humility, sufferings. And uh, last week we started with integrity, yeah. witnessing, mm-hmm. commitment. And then com- I mentioned, with the commitment, the with commitment loyalty. conviction, and loyalty. Conviction and loyalty. So, yeah. Okay. Then, then that's where you ended. Then, you, you then I tried to give you the list. Truthfulness, yeah. compassion, spiritual, truthfulness. We'll, 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 we'll look at. Not lazy. We'll look at a number of them as the Lord leads us. But I believe that it is really, really important for us to know that the word of God and our Christian walk is supposed to transform and develop our manner of life. Amen. The word of God is supposed to transform and develop your manner of life. You understand? So your pre-salvation manner of life cannot be the same as your post-salvation manner of life. And your born again season, born of um, man of life, cannot be the same as your five year in Christ man of life. 
Oh, you don't get what I'm saying. And your 10-year manner of life in Christ cannot be the same as your 15-year manner of life. You don't get it? Yeah. Even as human beings, not necessarily in a positive way, but our very being transforms. Do you understand? From the age of zero, it goes in a certain way, in a certain way. From the age of 25 going, it goes in a certain way, certain way. From 50 going, it goes in a certain way, certain way. From 70, do you know now, I didn't realize that you can speak to somebody on the phone and be able to guess their age. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you're talking to somebody and say, oh, this one is in their 70s. Yeah. <laughs> I remember how you didn't know. Okay, now that I've said it, there's, yeah. No, 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 there's a sound. There's, there's a heaviness in the, you know, when you're who's about 16, you know. It's me, you When you're talking to the eight-year-old man, oh, Gloria, thank you. I mean, you know that it's been a long journey. <laughs> it's been a long journey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so in the same way, your walk in Christ, we must see the progression. Do you understand? Not retrogression. We must see the progression. You know, the spiritual life is one that does not have retrogression, should not have. You understand? It's not like the flesh that I don't care how well you look after it. You can take all the vitamins, all the, it will show you where power lies and who is in charge. You can ask those who have done plastic yeah. Even a plastic surgery cannot hold back the wrinkles anyway. So today I thought that we'll have a look at at least one or two of them because my prayer is that all the ones that you have understood, I'm praying that it is shaping your life, that now the way you serve the Lord is in line with how he would desire for you to serve him. That humility, you're walking in humility, and you are humble in all areas of your life. Amen. Yes, you, are, you have to be a humble husband. You have to be a humble wife. You have to be a humble child. Oh, you don't get it? You have to be a humble rich man. You have to be a humble poor person. That one is easy. <laughs> oh, you don't understand. Poverty is humility. I mean, <laughs> poverty has power that, you know, yeah, yeah. That's the problem. I mean, it's idiotic, you know, because then there's no chance for you. But generally, humility can come naturally. When you're poor, humility comes naturally when you need something. Haven't you seen brothers who are, you see the least, Reverend, you don't know him. He's so humble. And you're trying to explain to her that this humility is for sex. Oh, why? (laughs) BK, BK, sorry, sorry, sorry. Let's, 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 let's try again. Yeah. That humility is, okay, don't raise your hands. How many of you? After the humility and after the sex, you realize that the person was so humble. Don't raise your hand. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Acts 20 verse 24, we'll pick our next one. It says that, but none of these things move me, neither do I esteem my life dear to myself, if only... I may finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have obtained from which was entrusted to 
me by the Lord Jesus faithfully to attest to the good news of grace, his unmerited favor, spiritual blessing, and mercy. Amen. If only I may finish my course with joy. The next one is joyfully selfless. Joyfully selfless. You can be selfless, but the selflessness is hurting, is choking you. Do, 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 do you get what I'm saying? It's okay, you can have my bread, but... <laughs> you, the way it's been offered, you are likely to say, oh, it's okay. Have you ever visited a place, they're about to have dinner, and they say, if you don't mind and you're really hungry, you can come to the table. <laughs> I mean, if, <laughs> if you're really, really hungry, <laughs> if you really, really, you can't. <laughs> yeah, we're not expecting you, but, I mean, you, you can, you know. And those who are bold enough will, will say, we are going to have dinner. Do you want a cup of tea? <laughs> joyfully, joyfully selfless. Amen. To be selfless means to be unselfish. To be selfless means to be unselfish. To be concerned more with the needs of others than one's own. So you can be concerned with others' needs, but the degree doesn't get to the place where you are selfless. Selfless means it is costly. Do you understand? Yes, yes, yes. If I have um, 200 pounds for my dinner and you need 10 pounds for dinner and I give you, that's not a selfless sacrifice. Oh, you don't get what I'm saying? That's not a selfless. The selfless sacrifice is my, my money can only buy one bus ticket and I say, take it, I'll, I'll walk. And the person takes it and even forgets to turn and say thank you. Hmm. <laughs> I'll see. <laughs> Give me my box password. <laughs> Concerned more with the needs of others than one's own. Caring, generous, devoted towards others. So caring towards others, devoted towards our others, generous towards others. You know, and our selflessness is like Jerusalem, um, uh, uh, Judea, Samaria, you know, because you can be easily selfless to the ones you love, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Do you get it? And then it, keep, it begins to weaken as the circle widens. Oh, you don't understand what I'm saying? So by the time it gets to your neighbor in the house of God, your selflessness almost finished. There's only small that you can give. Oh, you don't understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yes. And the ones that are immediate to you, your level of selflessness, the joy in that selflessness is more. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, because it's like, if I'm sacrificing, if I have to go the extra mile to support my husband or my son or my close friend or somebody, do you understand? You can do it joyfully because it's helping that person that you really like. But when it's somebody at a distance or even where somebody you actually dislike, that's our, the test of our Christianity, how we are able to extend it where it is not easy to extend. Do, do you get it? Because the ones you dislike, there will be really tangible and almost very good reasons why you dislike them. Normally, I mean, there are a few people who just dislike everybody, but generally. So now we're going to read a couple of passages and you will see. And that's why when I read this particular passage of scripture, 
It also reminded me why God had that level of heart for David. First Samuel 30. We're going to read from verse 18 to 24. You realize things in David's manner of life. Just in, even in this little passage that will make you realize that indeed man looks on the outward. Do, do, do you get it? First Samuel 30. I'm going to read from verse 18 to 24. After David's wives and children and all the city's people had been, their wives and their children and all their stock had been taken and he asked God, should I pursue? And God said, yeah, go. You Verse 18, David got back everything the Amalekites had taken and he rescued his two wives. So David, at a minimum, he always, I mean, he had two, two plus. Mm. Nothing, nothing, do you know that a couple of years ago, I don't know what country I was in, a pastor had, was using the Old Testament to determine why one or two wives. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing was missing, small or great, son or daughter, nor anything else that had been taken. David brought everything back. I see you bringing everything back. Everything that has been stolen and taken away from you. He also recovered all the flocks and heads, and his men drove them ahead of the other livestock. This plunder belongs to David. You see how committed the people are to David? It's like, no, no, we are not leaving anything. All this is for David. We are, not, we are taking it. They recovered everything. They said this one. Then verse 21. Then David returned to the brook, so I met up with the 200 men who had been left behind because they were too exhausted to go with him. They went out to meet David and his men, and David greeted them, NLT, joyfully. Somebody say joyfully. David greeted them joyfully. But some evil troublemakers among David's men said, they didn't go with us, so they can't have any of the plan that we recovered. Um, baboon day, what the monkey, monkey they work, baboon day job. They, they said they were exhausted, they, they, they were too exhausted. We, we have gone to, what if we had been killed? What if something bad had happened to us? Now that we have gained, you are coming. <sighs> Give them just their wives and children, that one is for them, and tell them to be gone. We won't take your wives, we won't take your children. <laughs> Take your wife. That one, they are even expenditure. They are part of the expenditure. <laughs> Take them. But David said, no, my brothers, don't be selfish with what the Lord has given us. The Lord has kept us safe and helped us defeat the band of raiders that attacked us. Who will listen when you talk like this? Do you understand what David is saying? David is saying that God has shown you mercy. God has helped you to recover all. God has brought us out. God has delivered us. God has given us the victory. Now look at where we are. And we that we are saying that it is God who has brought us to this place. And it is God who has made the victory for us. Now the others who are part of us. But had challenges. You are saying that we shouldn't share with them. And if others who don't know this our God. Hear us talking like that and behaving like that. What would they think? Who would listen to us? If I can't 
be selfless towards you. Then somebody who is unsaved, I'm trying to convert the person. Why would they listen to me? At least the drug addicts, they share their drugs. Their colleagues, they have one bottle. Have you gone to, um, where is the, under the bridge where the homeless normally stay? The, the thing in the brown envelope, whether it's whatever, ale, whatever, they share. They pass it around, pass it around, pass it around. Yeah. When somebody goes in like this and they give them something, they come and their community shares. But Christians, even when they have it, I don't have. I mean, you can literally see it in their hand. I remember in, in, I think it was high school, in high school, there was this strong spiritual Christian sister. You know, the one, as soon as they wake up, they're praying in tongues. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. When they drink water, they're praying. I mean, they greet in tongues. They greet in tongues. They greet in tongues. <laughs> and I remember, you see, some of you may not understand if you haven't gone to a boarding school. And some of you may not understand. But you see, in the boarding school, there are seasons within the three months where certain things become essential Essential commodities. Do you, do you understand? Yes. So, at this particular time, one of the most essential commodities was sugar. And then somebody saw her putting sugar into her, whatever it was, and was like, oh, can I have a little sugar? She said that, sorry, I can't give you. The word of the Lord says that if it's not in your heart, do you understand? You must give up. I said, hey. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, might, you have to give willingly. You have to give. If it ends there, you ain't giving. Yes, 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 yes. So after you do that, if it's Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening, and they're having, um, what do you call it? No, um, no, they are having like scripture union. And uh, me, you didn't give me the one teaspoon of sugar. And I'm standing there, you come, and you're like, oh, do you want to come with me to praise the Lord? <laughs> yeah, I am saying this to us that some people will never listen to us about Christ because of our attitude and our selfishness or even our wrong selflessness. I feel like if David was in a modern day, he would be like, look at you, look at you, look at you, look at how you are talking, who listen to you. Then he said, we share and share alike. We don't just share. We share and share alike. Those who go to battle and those who guard the equipment, we share. And even Christ had come to teach us. Do you understand? Whether you join the third hour, the ninth hour, the twelfth, all of us are partakers of it. But it is not a natural tendency. It is one that the word of God has to transform you to become. To become. Do you understand? That is why naturally when people are even shopping or whatever, and even when they want to give something out, they are not going to look for the most expensive things. Like, oh, you don't have shirts. Hardly would they say, oh, let me go to John Lewis and go and get you a shirt. So Primark has two for one. <laughs> oh, you don't understand what I'm saying? That, I'm talking about how we, our level, we say we want to be a contagious church, we want to win, we want God to use us. One of the cardinal things God, God needs from you is to be selfless, joyfully. Because you can also be very selfless. There are some of the nastiest people who are also the people who can be the most generous. They can be nastily helpful. 
They'll come and assist you. They'll come and take care of you. you maybe you are sick. They'll come and sit by you for 12 hours, whatever. But for the next 25 years, I can't even believe she passed by me and she didn't say hello. service. We are not here to just write notes. We are here to transform. Amen. We help you find Evie. Remember. Hey, we walk up and down the road. <laughs> we run under cars. <laughs> Pastor Sam, please take your microphone and give us a name. Recently, recently. Yeah. A friend. <laughs> a friend of ours lost their job. And he went down totally. And I... He was I, broke. He was broke. Then I sent money to him. And he was talking to another friend who had helped me. <laughs> and he mentioned, oh, somebody, somebody sent has me, me money. And he kept quiet. When he came to me, he said, you, you owe me this, that, that. You've never sent me this. You <laughs> couldn't you find the amount you owed? You just want to add interest to what I just said. <laughs> That's why I'm saying that it's our natural tendency. That's why you find people who are fairly proud who say, I don't need help. Yeah. It's not that necessarily they're proud, though. They know, they know that the cost, what will hang on their neck for the rest of their life, this help will not be, especially in the house of God. <laughs> and the things that they can expand it, maybe initially it was 20 pounds, and then by the time the story has been told, like it has transformed into all their savings. <laughs> Before we look at Corinthians, let's even see Jesus' own Matthew 16. Yeah, we've seen David's own. How many of you now can appreciate why God will have that heart towards David? Matthew 16, we we'll read from 21 to 28. This is one of the Passages of scripture that you find in Matthew, you find in Mark, and you find in Luke. It tells you that this matter is real, isn't it? From verse 21. So it says that, I'm still reading NLT. From then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem. And that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed. But on the third day, he would be raised from the dead. But Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying something. How many of you know that was a selfish move? Heaven forbid, Lord, he said, this will never happen to you. 
Yeah. So you see, sometimes even our selfishness may be coming from a good place. So unless the word has transformed you, you even realize that that is not right. That is why sometimes, especially pastors and ministers, they can have challenges in their marriages. Because if the wife or the husband, whoever is uh, there and is not the one in ministry, if they are selfish or inward looking, the minister will suffer. Because it's like, but why should they be calling at 9 p.m.? Don't they know that this is the time, this is our me time, that this is the time we get to, you know, switch your phone to and maybe the person's house is on fire or the person's life is erased. You know, or maybe the minister is taking his phone. It's like, oh, I haven't seen Josephina in a while, you know. Call her. Josephina, how are you? Oh, you're okay. Oh, you have a problem. Are you home tomorrow? I'll try and pass by. Hey, so what? As soon as you put the phone. So I come ask for me when I even come and I tell you that. I'm you just... <laughs> A pastor's wife one day after church in the evening, the pastor comes home and then normally when he comes home, there's a particular time that he will turn his phone back on from silent. As soon as he turned his phone on back from silent, his phone was ringing. So as usual, he rushed to pick it. He didn't check it first. Then when he answered, it was his wife from the other room. <laughs> she said she realized that this is the best way she can get to communicate. <laughs> I can call you, tell you my problems. You, you can give me a counseling date. And sometimes it can make that spouse become nasty and despise the church members or the group or the department, whatever it is, despise them. No, they don't even know that we are sharing hours. <laughs> Ah, those of you who want to go into ministry and are not yet married, this is one of the cardinal things you should look out for. Yeah, I'm going to share racist business. When, when uh, I don't know, uh, uh, Reverend Sai, if you remember. Yes, when Joel and Eresi were deciding to get married and all their complexities, and Joel was like, you know, ministry, whatever, and she said, I'll come. Yes, I'll, I'll come. Six thousand, how many thousand miles? About 6,000 miles. And I'll come. And not just come. When I come, I'm going to suffer for a while. Sunday evening, sometimes I used to, I used to pray for them. Because I knew Monday she'll be traveling to London. <laughs> yeah. Go and find somewhere to stay. And apparently some of the places Joel found was not good. <laughs> and so she, one of the weekends when she came back, she, she was telling me that they had to go through an alley to locate their room. Reverend Sam. But it takes a level of spiritual maturity to accept that. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Like, you know, when we marry, let's live in a place that will be really comfortable for us. (laughs) Or North Carolina, where were you? Yeah, let's go. Let's go to Texas. <laughs> Heaven forbid this will never happen to you. Jesus turned to Peter and said, Get away from me, Satan. Look at how Jesus was describing selfishness as satanic. As satanic. 
You are get away from me because you are trying to prevent me, me from being selfless. I am going to suffer and die. Not for myself, for others. And you are saying, God forbid. You won't even say, God. <laughs> he said, get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap. Do you know why it's a trap? Because you can easily fall in. If you have somebody you love and the person is like, you know, you don't do, why, no, why, why? I, I, you know what? Yeah, yeah. Many people's calling are curtailed either because of their own selfishness or people they love selfishness. I gotta go, I gotta go. Then he said, you are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. If you are not spiritual, you cannot joyfully be selfless. If you are looking at things from a human point of from a human point of view, that was very costly. Have you before ever, hey, Mr. and Mrs., have you ever calculated how much it costs for those weeks? <laughs> I mean, apart from the bad places, I think the bad places you stayed, that one is your, God is not even going to, God is not even going to. All the ministers and pastors here has been in ministry and reaching here been costly. I hear they're from bed, so it's okay. <laughs> I was telling a group of people, I said, I said, if my children despise McDonald's, somebody enough, he still likes it, it's because of me and their father. Hey, on the M40, don't eat McDonald's. <laughs> back from the M40 McDonald's, back to the M40 McDonald's. Ah, ah no, 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 no. All night. You will go. You can be half asleep. You will go to school the next morning half asleep. If I was selfish, I would say, because of the kids, you will go to church so that, you know, because you remember that 8 p.m. is their time of sleep. And it's a weekday, so, you, you know. There are a lot of pastors where they'll struggle to do a midweek. And when they ask you, it's not like they're working. The children. One of that one used to go swimming. One of her child is now gay. The other one is I don't know. And her husband, I don't even know. The husband too, he doesn't know whether he likes boys or girls. I mean, <laughs> likes and whether the age also, whether he likes them under this age or above this age. I remember. We were here then. Here, here. The man used to play bass in this room. Then he got promotion. So Sundays is, you know, as a senior director, that's when we go golfing and go. And now we can afford that all the children can go swimming, Bali, dancing, whatever. I think so far it's the daughter who has seems to have survived. <laughs> okay, let's continue. Verse 23. Jesus turned to Peter. Are you getting something from what we are talking about? 
This is the reality of life. The woman was one of the main choir. That time the choir were like two and a half. I was a half instead of eight and a half. She was the main praise and worship person. She was the main praise and worship. So as the husband stopped coming, it's like, where's your husband? That time I was, uh, Pastor Glenn, you, you know that, you know, in the, uh, in the energy director, what they have to do. I said, congratulations. 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 Then, one day, she said, oh, she's traveling or something. And the husband said, don't travel. She said, she's traveling because she wants to. And then she traveled. When she came back, there was a woman in the bed. You don't know. Um, <laughs> then suddenly she came. She told me that she feels that there are demons in the house. I said, no, 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 no. <laughs> this foolish prayer. I am following you to make this foolish prayer. I'm not following you to make. And you see, it gets really bad when, you know, normally when people are cheating or people want to move on, they'll still be undercover. He was like, Please tell her. I said, she should go. I said, girl, <laughs> you got to go. You got to go. You got to go. You got to go. And then the little shame that had been brought came out. Didn't you hear him? He said, go. Go. But she too, later on, she too, she was made to, to go. <laughs> to go. <laughs> oh, verse 24. <laughs> Follow the word of God. As much as lies within you, live the word of God. There is a reason why the word of God is the way it is. Because sometimes you can't see the end of the thing. And when we went to finally beg, the man said, listen, I told her not to make that trouble and she did. And so that disrespect has caused her marriage. And she literally had a mental breakdown. And sometimes when she calls me, it's not a joke. Reverend Gloria, I see him. I think he's walking back into house. I said, no. (laughs) (laughs) And I think she had gone to some of these funny prophets. She said, no, when I went to this thing, we went into, we had deliverance for him. The person is not there. How do you deliver? Who are they delivering? The atmosphere, the air, remote, remote delivery. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways. Take up your cross and follow me. Amen. It means that, you know, denying yourself, you can only do it when you are selfless. Otherwise, you cannot, because self has things it needs. Self has issues. How many of us in this room have issues? Hey, listen, when the financial issues are solved, then the emotional issues are there. When the emotional issues are solved, then some spiritual issues are there. When your marriage is sorted, then your parents' issues come. When your parents' issues are solved, then your children's issues come. When your children's issues are solved, then your job issue, the demons in the workplace, they appear. You have to deny yourself. You have to turn from your selfish ways. And take up your cross and follow me. It means also that, can you keep me quiet, please? <laughs> Who's preaching? Do you want the microphone here to preach? Yeah. When you turn from yourself, always take up your cross and follow me. You cannot take up your cross unless you are selfless. Amen. 
And you cannot follow Jesus unless you are selfless. Because some of the statues of Christ, you have to be selfless to obey them. If they slap you here, give the other. You know, if you slap me, I'll give you a slap. <laughs> if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? Because a lot of the time, our selfish acts are for the flesh and towards the flesh. So we can gain a lot of things for the flesh and lose our inner man and our inner being. Now let's look at Corinthians and then we'll be going. We'll look at this and finish with this one. Second Corinthians 12 verse 18 to 21. The Bible says that when I ate Titus to visit you and I sent our other brother with him, did Titus take advantage of you? No, for we have the same spirit and walk in each other's steps doing things the same way. Amen. Perhaps you think we are saying these things just to defend ourselves. No. We tell you this as Christ's servants and with God as our witness. Everything we do, dear friends, is to strengthen you. How many of you know that there are a lot of the time people can do things for you, but it's for them? Or oh, you don't get what I'm saying? Oh, yes, 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 yes. You think they're doing things for you. Oh, I want to take you to dinner. Oh, I want to come and visit. Oh, no, it's okay. I'll give you a lift. Oh, okay. It's not for you. Next time somebody is giving you a lift, you have to ask, what's the purpose and what's the plan? Hmm. Yeah. It's an investment that they will reap. Hmm. For I am afraid that when I come, I won't like what I find. And you also won't like my response. I am afraid that I will find you guys quarreling, jealousy, anger, selfishness, slander, gossip, arrogance, and disorderly behavior. Yeah. He says that when I come, me, I don't like what I come and see. And you guys will also not like what I'm about to come and tell you. And he lists them. And how many of you know that all this? This is talking to Christians. How many of you know that all these are people's manner of life in the house of God? In the house of God, quarreling, jealousy, anger, selfishness, gossip, slander. There's no way that they can gossip like in church. Because the gossip comes with prayer. When they finish saying all the things, I was, shall we pray for them? <laughs> Arrogance and disorderly behavior. There's no way that they despise order than in the house of God. Especially Pentecostal, charismatic, tongue-talking, Holy Ghost-filled. Because they use the disorder as spirituality. We should allow the move of God. Let the Holy Spirit lead and guide. So that we can create chaos. Do you understand? We should depend on what the Spirit is saying and how the Spirit is moving. And then we can have disorderly behavior. Yeah, one of the places that there is not order is the house of God. It's the house of God. But your manner of life must attract orderliness. And you see, one of the, all these are linked because when you are selfless, you want things to be in place, not just for yourself, but for others. So let's say if there are drinks or whatever, you don't want to mess it all up so that others can come and drink, so that others can also come and partake of it. Do, do you get it? Hmm. Yes, I am afraid 
that when I come again, God will humble me in your presence and I'll be grieved because many of you have not given up your old sins. As a person by you, are they talking to you? <laughs> you have not repented of your impurity, sexual immorality, and eagerness for lustful pleasure. Reverend Sam, I've been having an issue with these kinds of passages when I read them from scripture. Because how many year, thousands of years are we talking about? And they are worried about impurity and sexual immorality. Do they want to know what real sexual immorality? <laughs> uh, and eagerness for lustful pleasure. <laughs> manner of life, manner of life. That's why the Bible says in Ecclesiastes that there's no, nothing new under the sun. Whatever is now has been and will be. Yeah. Now, we, do you know how now we are overwhelmed with all this LGBTQIA, X++. Do you know what the plus plus? The plus plus includes horse, dog, cat, chicken. We have included all, all those things. Yeah. Centuries are going to come when they see, uh, they hear LGBTQ, they'll be like, ah, so we too just LGBTQ and we're so overwhelmed with LGBTQ. Come and see. <laughs> oh, you don't understand what I'm saying? Hey, I'm looking at this one. I'm like, Paul, please. I mean, <laughs> don't, don't. <laughs> what are you talking about? What, what is impurity? I mean, what are you talking about? You want to see impurity? <laughs> don't, don't, don't go there. Yeah. Yeah, hundreds of years. Others who also maybe read a book, read contagious, read books that we have put some of these examples in. <laughs> but this <is> too. <laughs> because when I read Charles Spurgeon and uh, Charles Finley and things now, and they are so upset and angry that people have bad behavior, I'm like, <laughs> get away, get up, move, move to the side, move to the side. Have you watched CNN on, or any of this lately? <laughs> Do you know what we are battling now? No. Let's read the last scripture and then we go home. How many of us are enjoying this whole matter this one of life? <laughs> James chapter 3. I believe that CICC, we are not just growing, you know, or in wealth, in grace, in anointing, but we are also growing in character. We are growing in character. And we will serve God with a high standard. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. James chapter 3. Yeah. You see, ultimately, the proof of your knowledge and understanding of God will be in your manner of life. James 3, our last scripture for today. We read from verse 13 to 18. I love the word of God. They're just nice passages in the word of God. Destiny, don't you agree with me? Yeah. If you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life. Don't say it. <laughs> if it is there, we'll know. If you are wise and you are saying that you understand God's ways, prove it by just living what? An honorable life. Don't, you see, sometimes even when you, have to, you are in certain environments and you have to say, I'm a Christian. I'm, you are not. Maybe you live with people in a house. They've lived with you for a year. And you still have to emphasize that you're a Christian. It means that... <clears throat> yeah. 
Because the proof is in the lifestyle you have. It's in the manner of life. It's even in your attitude to them as unbelievers. Doing good with the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. <laughs> For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. You see, because we all walk in wisdom. And this particular passage talks about the earthly wisdom and, you know, godly wisdom. And it's trying to tell us that, hey, the wisdom, it reflects itself. Even your selfishness will show that this, your wisdom is not from God. Then it says that such things are earthly and spiritual and demonic. Sometimes it is even difficult to differentiate between something that is just carnal, something that is just earthly, and something that is demonic. Because sometimes something can be carnal, not necessarily demonic, but when you remain in it, it can take you there. Do you understand? So let's say if you are a Christian who never prays. Do you understand? You're carnal. But your lack of prayer eventually will expose you to demons. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder. Did you remember the verse we read in Corinthians? Have you seen that the thing they work together? It's like faith, love, <laughs> and hope. They are close, neatly. I mean, they are tight. If you find one, you're finding the other one there. Yeah. Because jealousy and selfish and selfishness, they work together. Jealousy is when everything's about you. They say, oh you're, oh, you're so handsome. Ah, I'm more handsome. Why do they think? I'm beautiful. Do you understand? That is what creates jealousy. Oh, this, oh, I hear they're really in love. Really? See, this is your jealousy. It is being fed by your selfishness. Let's finish this one. There you will find disorder and every and evil of every kind. I pray that we take out this order from our lives, from our mind, from our home. That is why even having a messy house, a messy room is not good. Hmm. You see, it's not about wealth. It is about being orderly. So maybe the person says, well, one day if I'm old and I'm rich, I'll get cleaner. <laughs> if you get cleaner, you'll still be dirty. You'll still be dirty. Oh. But the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. So you will see that when... Godly wisdom is present. Your manner of life, it says that it's pure. You know, it has a sense of innocence to it. It is also peace-loving. In your atmosphere, there's no fight. There's no contention. You see, I want us to understand that where you have a contentious spirit is demonic. You understand? Where you are comfortable when there's fight, when there's quarrel. You should be somebody that when fight is about to arise, you feel uncomfortable. And whatever within your means that you can do to diffuse it, you will not fuel. You shouldn't be one who fuels. Do you understand? It's demonic. It's also a sign of not having godly wisdom. 
Oh, you don't understand what I'm saying. It's a man of life. There are people, I don't know what families you come from. I come from a family. You know how Reverend says his family, they have those who are dying. As for me, my father's sisters, they can fight. Reverend William, if there's funeral, if there's wedding, if there's whatever, they, if the program is, I don't care how long or how short, they will fight. And their fight is not the one, one to one corner. No, 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 no. The fight becomes the main event. And everybody who comes for that event must leave with the fight. I can vividly remember, you know, let's say if we are in Leeds, maybe M60, not M62, what's one of our main roads? Maybe uh, Kekstor Road. Kekstor, yeah, Kekstor Road. Those who would know uh, part of Accra, like Makola, whatever. In the middle, so the shops are on this side, the shops are on this side. So the way it was was that this auntie has this shop, this auntie has this one, this one has... And then somebody mistakenly went to touch one of them, just say something. And they grabbed the person into the middle of this road. You see, we didn't have video camera. We didn't have phones with camera. By now, with all this, we would have kept it too. And then they tore the person's clothes naked. And you would have thought, oh. And they were, the person would thought they would beat. The, no, no. Then they, they tore their clothes naked. <laughs> I said it is demonic, or you don't understand what I'm saying. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. It's like, yeah, if you think you're crazy, yes. And, and, and one day, their, their mother, so that would be my grandmother or my father's side. One day, you know, she was very vicious. And one day, somebody passed that comment that is like, this one, she's a, you are a witch or something. She said, oh, witch. I said, witch, that's not a problem. All of us were witches. Some of us are just higher level. <laughs> uh, and you can see that they enjoy it. You understand? You were not embarrassed. You see how when I said you were like, oh, they were just, and when they finished the show, they were just it's like, if you like, come here again. If you, if you can come across this street, come across the street. And you know the one that you're being beaten, nobody comes near. Because they know these people are crazy. <laughs> Tell somebody I'm peace-loving. I'm peace-loving. I'm peace-loving. I pray that this vivid memory reminds you, next time you're being quarrelsome, you just remember that they can tear your clothes off. <laughs> Gentle at all times and willing to yield to others. Remember, willing to what? Yield to others. It can't always be right. It can't always be about you. It is full of mercy and good deeds. It shows no favoritism and it's always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. Amen. Rise up onto your feet. Let's